Welcome to today's podcast. I'm speaking with Samantha Riley, who is an authority positioning strategist and the host of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. She has built multiple businesses over the past 27 years and grew her first seven-figure business before she was age 30, which is uh, pretty cool. Samantha now teaches her clients how to transform their knowledge into a coaching business and become the standout expert in their niche while doing the work that matters. I absolutely loved going on a deep dive with Samantha today. We talked all things around uh, getting started in your business. If you're looking to shift from employee to entrepreneur, uh, you can find out more information about Samantha at samanthariley.global and you can also check out what we talk about in the show notes on madeformore.com.au forward slash 10. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Made For More. I am very excited to welcome a very special guest here this morning. It is uh, Samantha Riley, who I will let her introduce herself to you in just a moment. But she is my business coach. I've been working with her for a couple of months now. And I wanted to introduce you to her because uh, she is a pocket rocker, an absolute strategy queen, and has helped me to really uh, shift from part-time employee into going all in for Made For More. So if you've been following along uh, my journey for a little while, you are going to absolutely love this episode as we uh, lift lift the hood and have a look at what is going on. So welcome, welcome, Sam. I am so excited to have you here today. I'm super excited to be here too. And we haven't just known each other for a couple of months either, have we? We've actually known each other for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah, we have, haven't we? So we met, I guess, in real life, no, not in real life, virtually during a, when, you know, Zoom kind of went, went off during the early days of COVID and started, I started following your page and all of your info and we got chatting and there was a photo that popped up on your feed and I immediately was like, oh, She's definitely been a dancer in the past. And then that very same day, you mentioned something about uh, Shaketti, which is a style of ballet that is run, you know, it's in international international style. And I was like, oh my goodness, she is a ballet dancer or was a ballet dancer and reached out to you. And that's how we connected. So on that note, where have you come from, Sam? Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So I've been in business since I was 20. I had a corporate career for a whole, oh, probably 18 months. You know, I really went all in for 18 months yeah. before I decided, Mm-mm, not for me. Um, I was so young and the office that I was working in was, everyone that was in there was like my parents' age, which isn't a problem. But I remember one day looking around there and just thinking, oh God, no one smiles. And it was like this, I can actually like really literally remember the moment where I thought, you know what, I don't want to be this person that is looking like this in all of these years, you know, because I'm a very, as you know, I'm quite extroverted. I'm a very happy person. And I didn't, I felt like that maybe if I had stayed that, that would have been sucked from me. 
So I decided to start my first business at 20, which was funnily enough, a dance studio, which I owned for 20 years. And, you know, within 12 months of opening that dance studio, also opened a retail store selling dancewear. And over the years that turned into three stores and uh, that's how I got my, my start in business. I think that's amazing. And I think if you think back to the ballet world, you know, being at 20 and doing ballet, you're pretty much an old timer. You're ready for retirement to mm-hmm. hang up your boots. So tell me a little bit about, you know, being 20, starting your own dance studio. Obviously, that would have been uh, a little unconventional in terms of, you know, upbringing and what, what's expected of us, you know, go to school, go to uni, uh-huh. get a job, make a career, repeat, wash, rinse and repeat. So tell me a little bit what about how you ended up transitioning from you know, being 19 to being a 20-year-old business owner with your own uh, dance studio? Yeah, so what's really interesting, and I think I did have a little bit of luck on my side, is, you know, when you're that age, you think that nothing Mm. will ever happen to you. So, you know, if I fast forward to sort of 2010 where I had a massive life change, I found that a lot harder because I was older and I was like, am I good enough for this? you know, all of the things came in, Mm. you know, low confidence and and all of that, which is crazy because I had 20 years of business background. When I first went into business, it was like, "Eh, I can do this. I certainly, you know, had a bit of, I guess there wasn't some nice things that came out of that dance world. Like you're so young, who are you to be doing this? I mean, you've been a part of that world. It took me quite a while to to earn my stripes and I did. But I think that that made me, the person that I am today in that I was just like, well, I could either listen to these people that are the naysayers. And, you know, when I think about those first years in the shop, a lot of our suppliers, agents were people, you know, men in their 50s, 60s, some of them in their 70s. They did not want to deal with a 20-year-old girl, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) that, you know, I'm very short. I looked extremely young. Like at that time, I looked like I should be just starting high school. They, They didn't want to speak to me. They would always say, oh, you know, where's the boss? You know, we'll want to speak to your husband. So I think that that beginning made me so certain, like, this is what I want to do and I'll just deal with it. And I think it was such a really good start. Yeah. And I think there's nothing quite like being told that you can't to really spur you into into action mm. to prove that you can. Oh, well, um, you know me and you know exactly <laughs> what that would have done. I'm like, yeah, you watch me. You just watched me. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very similar. Like, tell me I can't. Okay, game on, let's go. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting story around resilience as well is we are in this day and age, you know, we are surrounded by people telling us that we can't do things and that we shouldn't and we couldn't and we won't and we're too much and we're... I guess, too opinionated, too bossy, et cetera, et cetera. And I think when you are passionate about something and you're really ready to go all in, it's around having that network of people around you to really help, I guess, you know, boost your confidence. I've Mm -hmm. been listening to an audio book called The Secret Code of Success by Noah St. John. I think we've talked about it before. But what he talks about, this is audio, so it's um, talking, what he talks about is surrounding yourself by these friendly mirrors. So it's around having people that, you know, whilst you may not have the confidence to do it yourself, surround yourself with people that can be like, yes, you can, you can do this, go for it and have your own real cheer squad around. So tell me about when you were, you know, first starting the dance studio or even when you transitioned into the bricks and mortar dance apparel, like did you have people around you? to help you into that transition? So the only person really at that time that was the person that I could go to was actually my very first boss. So Mm. my first job was in a McDonald's store, like while I was in high school. 
And the owner of our store owned four stores and I really looked up to him and there was a, you know, my parents and they won't listen to this, so I'm okay, I'm safe. You know, they're <laughs> like, you know, they had the, the mentality of, you know, who, he's the boss and he's the one that's taking all the money and, you know, those, those old school thoughts of, you know, yeah. not nice things where mm. I used to go in and think, wow, this guy's amazing. How does he have four stores? What does he do? How does he manage all of this? Because, you know, it's such a big business. And I used to go and I used to leave school and I used to go straight to the store like, and I had an hour before I'd start my shift. And I used to actually like sit on the edge of his table and just go, so tell me, what are you doing there? Like what's that, What you know, what's that accounting thing? Back then it wasn't even computers. It was, yeah. you know, they had some big pad I can't even remember what it was called and it was all these squares and I was like tell me about this like how does it make sense what do you do and I used to ask him you know someone doesn't show up a shift like what's your procedure and I used to ask all these questions you know add add that to our training in McDonald's which is all Mm. systems and procedures Mm -hmm. you know he was the person that when I said I'm thinking about starting a business what do you think he took me under his wing and went I think it's a great idea let's like let's talk about some of the challenges you have and you know, mm. he, he certainly wasn't there a lot, but if I really needed something, you know, we would go have a coffee and he would help me out. But really at that time, he was the only person, you know, mm-hmm. I came from a family that wasn't entrepreneurial, you know, mm. my ex-husband's family wasn't entrepreneurial. I didn't really have anyone that I could turn to, mm. but I was, I think probably one of the things that was a big game changer for us was a few years into our business. We used to have a rep that came over from Sydney that she was a block rep, which is one of the suppliers. And, you know, it was that it was my favorite brand in the store. I loved block, you know, as you would know, as a dancer, it's the thing. Yeah, it's the thing. So Yeah. And she used to come over and her and I got along really well. And just one day she just said, Sam, like, you're not reaching the capacity of, you know, what I think that you can reach with this store. Do you mind if I give you some tips? And I went, oh, my God, no, let me get my notebook. Um, and she and she talked me through a couple of things, you know, simple things like getting procedures in place to to order our stock every Monday, like at exactly the same time and, you know, different procedures that we could implement into our store, different ways that we could promote different products. And from that moment, our business literally changed and, and it was it was, you know, there was a lot of things that happened that did make us, do what we did but that was sort of one of those forks in the road where we could Mm. have just kept going where we were which was Mm. okay Mm -hmm. you know we were pretty much had bought ourselves a job we were in the business all the time we were doing okay but what implementing what she did meant that I was eventually able to step out of that business I was I had we had you know two shops I had a dance studio I was working three hours a week that were fully you know managed and automated and and doing really well so she was sort of that first person that helped me put that into place. And, you know, along the way, I've had so many mentors and coaches, done so much education. But, yeah, they were the first two people that, that really helped me to get to where we are now. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And I think you touched on something that early on both in your McDonald's career and when you were had your bricks and mortar place. And if anyone asks me about you, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. It's like strategy and it's implementation and it's process and procedure and swipe files. You know how much I love oh, yeah. swipe <laughs> files. And I think that this is what's really set you apart. And certainly for me is, you know, I've got the passion, I've got the drive, I've got the ambition um, to grow made for more. But what I was really lacking is someone to be like, okay, so next steps is what you need to do this. You need this process in place. You need this procedure in place. 
um, and having you there to be able to go, okay, well, we do this, we do this, here's a swipe file for it. I'm just doing a swipe action for anyone who's listening. Um, <laughs> and I think that that is, you know, something that's probably you've taken with you right from your McDonald's days. And I think that that's something that's so important when we are starting our own business. And I know that I've got a lot of listeners that are sort of, you know, teetering on the edge of um, employee to business owner and even some that are early on in their own um, business journey is that you need people around you to learn from like we don't actually need to know everything early on um even my best friend actually she's just started her own business in a, a baby wear apparel and i'm um, like you know find people that you find people that can help you like you don't need to know all the answers like yeah sure google it but you know there's probably a faster way so i think that's amazing so that's that's where you've come from so tell me what you're doing now so now what I do is help people to take the knowledge that they've got from whatever it is that they've done, you know, their degree, their jobs, and really turn that into an online, a profitable online business. So this, I love this because, you know, coming from a traditional business where I had to put the key in the door and, and sure, I'd managed to work myself out of the business, but if something happened, it was still up to me to put that key in the door and to make it happen. You know, I almost had my third child in the car park of our shop. It's just, a, a, <laughs> it was, I, I remember at the time thinking, this is not a story I want to be telling people of where my son was born. <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't want to be in that position again. So, you know, when I had this massive life change, it was, okay, sitting down, what do I want my life to look like? And at that time it was, I don't ever want to be stuck in mm. a physical place again. I want to be working where I want, when I want. I want to be working the hours that I want to work. I'm happy to work. I don't need to be lying on a beach and having cocktails all day. I actually mm. love what I do, but I want it to be on my terms. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to get paid more for for you know working more or or you know going all in I don't want to be like in a job where I'm, or mm. you know I'm pay getting paid the same thing and the fourth thing was I wanted to be surrounded by the people that I love to be uh, you know to work with yeah. and for me like total business nerd I could talk underwater with marbles in my mouth for three days without taking a breath about business I just love it so yeah. you know I took all these pieces and went all right well what can I do with this and at the time, so I have had multiple businesses. At the time, I was a personal trainer and I'd yep. studied holistic lifestyle coaching. And I used to run retreats, helping people to, and workshops, helping people to, you know, live their best life, healthy, yeah. you know, wealthy mindset, all of that kind of thing. And what came out of every retreat without fail was that people weren't happy with their career and they mm. were asking, how can I start a business? I've seen you do this so quickly because I, I pivot very quickly. And that's how I wound up here. So, mm. you know, it's been an awesome journey. And that's what I love to help other people do is because we don't go from A to B in a straight line. We have these, you know, all of these experiences, all of this knowledge, you know, all of these passions and things that have happened in our life. And I think that a lot of people think of, you know, their next part of their business or their work is something new but it's mm. not. We've got mm. all of this knowledge and experience. How can we bring that with us into whatever the next chapter is? You know, that's certainly my journey and now I love to help other people to do that for themselves. Mm. And I think it's really important that we do live life on our terms. We've got, we're in this amazing time where we've got internet, where we are able to do this thing. And, you know, it's the times of going to work and not seeing our children or, you know, not being able to go to the gym because we're working crazy hours or, you know, doing things that we absolutely hate that deplete us. Like, yeah. We don't yeah. have to do that anymore. So What's the point? let's yeah. not. 
Yeah, it's not. I can totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, whilst I didn't have any children in car parks, thank goodness, <laughs> certainly by the time kid number three and number four came around, it was becoming very, very clear to me that life wasn't exactly set up to do the school run, which is nine to five, and also work a, do a working day, which was, uh, sorry, school run, which is nine to three, and the mm. working day, which is nine to five. And I was like, you know what? Like I've got a lot of I've got a lot of moving parts in this family, and I need to make sure that I'm actually able to show up for them. Because the last thing I want to be doing is they're you know in their twenties and thirties and being like you're never around, like you never yeah. did anything. And I know certainly that was my experience growing up. I come from a very traditional household. My mum was a scientist. My dad worked in manufacturing, and it was you know uh, long days, overtime on the weekends, and never got to go on any school excursions. Which is uh, just recently, my son went to the zoo for a school mm-hmm. excursion, which we can do here in SA, which is awesome. But he was like absolutely stoked because you get a bit of street cred when, you, when your parents get to come on these uh-huh, school excursions. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is the exact reason why I'm doing it. Like, do I want to be going to the zoo and watching, you know, making sure seven-year-olds don't fall in a pit somewhere? Not yeah, yeah. really, but I wanted to spend that extra time uh, with my son so that he can have that for himself. So that was amazing. Totally, totally. Oh, it's so good. And I just wanted to touch on something else you said. I was talking about this on one of my Facebook videos recently. I was listening to the radio and I was sort of uh, doing a bit of a segment on, you know, how many jobs you've had. Mm-hmm. And I think what we tend to do when we, you know, grow up and get a real job and have families and, and kind of get into that career cycle is that we wipe our slate clean. So we wipe yeah. the clean whereas in actual fact every single job that we've ever had throughout time even you know I used to be a checkout chick at Bilo many many years ago you know even all of those experiences actually build towards a unique blueprint for what Mm -hmm. the experience is that we have right now and I think you know being able to recognize that that is all part of the building blocks and foundations and you can use that like you know Mm. I'm not working in in retail at the moment obviously I'm working in a service-based business but you know a lot of what I learned back then I can transfer and transition into what I'm what I'm doing right now. So being able to recognize that you are building experience, you do have um, experience in particular areas and, you know, being able to turn that into an online business, especially right now when we're all online. Mm, absolutely. And this is something that I didn't realize right at the beginning. Um, I, back in, I think it was about 2012, I went on a cruise with another 80-odd entrepreneurs. It was so life-changing for me. And one of the questions that one of them asked, because, you know, we used to catch up at cocktail hour every night, as you do, mm-hmm. um, and talk business. One of the questions he said to me was, what was it in your dance, like what was it that you did as a dance teacher that made your studio so successful? Because we mm-hmm. were runner-up champion dance school for like 15 yeah. years in a row. That's awesome. And, you know, I st- it really stumped me. It was one of those questions, they're the good questions, where you just – are like banging your head against the wall. So like, why can't I answer this? But when it came, it was massive. Mm. And what I realized is that I've got the ability to break things into tiny, tiny pieces and feed them in little tiny ways and then bring it all back together. So what I discovered, or, you know, when I thought back, a lot of dance teachers were teaching things in, you know, 16, 32 count lots. And I used to teach things in half counts. So I'd say we'd do this yes. on and and this on one and this yep. on and and we would practice these eight counts until they could do it, like little, little kids could do it without even thinking and then we would add on. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I hadn't realised that that's the way I teach and that's not the way other people teach. Mm. You know, they would teach a whole sequence. Mm-hmm. So then I went, ah, that's actually what I do in everything. I break it down into tiny, tiny little pieces. So by by asking yourself, what is it that sets me apart? What is it that I that I've done 
that has made me successful that other people don't do. And it's usually that thing that you don't realize because it comes so easily to you. It almost frustrates you that other people can't do the same thing or you think, why can't they do that? That's the thing that makes you unique and special. And that's that's what you need to thread into, you know, what it is you do and thread into your story. And, and use that, it's metaphors, it's stories, it's, it's all sort of things that help people to be attracted to you, to understand, you know, mm. this is what makes me unique. Mm. I love that. And for anyone who's wondering what we're talking about with the counting is when you are learning ballet or teaching ballet, it's mo- mo- more often than not the music is in counts of eight. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would have heard on Bring It On or like any kind of dance uh, dance show where they go like five, six, seven, eight. And then it's one and two. And so um, Sam's talking about each one and then and was a different step or a different transition into a movement. Whereas a lot of times teachers will teach, you know, an entire series of movements all strung together. So, and I can definitely attest to that in, in business is you're like, oh yeah, you do this thing called a, a funnel and you're like, okay. And we actually had a webinar on it um, a couple of weeks ago. And I remember having the biggest aha moment when you were talking about it. And I was like, oh, I've got those tiny little steps. I just didn't realize that that was part of the big picture. And it was very Mm. much a a penny drop for me type moment. So when you say that that's your thing, how do Mm -hmm. people find their thing? It's definitely going back and thinking, what is it that when I've been in a job that people come to me and ask me, or Mm. if I'm in a group and, and we're doing, you know, some sort of project, what is it that I always get handed to do or what is it that I take ownership of and why? Why Mm -hmm. is it that I do that? Because then you're able to break down what is it that's my zone of genius that people automatically come to me for or, you know, come to you for because they know that you're going to totally own that. And I think that when you can pick that, that, you know, underlying foundation, it's very easy to see how you use that in everything you do because once once you're aware of it, you're like, oh, that's mm. why I'm good at this or that's mm. why I can, you know, do X, Y, Z. And it's not just in your business. You know, it's you'll notice it in all areas of your life. And once you're aware of it, it's it, it, the heavens open up. You're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> and like you're aware of it, but it's also your genius zone. So it's not mm. actually hard work. Do you know, it's funny that you say that because that is exactly how Courageous Conversations came to be born is I just kept getting asked all all the time, you know, how do I have tough conversations? How do I deal with difficult personalities? And I'm like, oh, you just do this, this and this. And people are like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can start packaging this up and talking about it and how how do we put a framework around it and how does it all happen? And that is exactly what happened with Courageous Conversations is it was the things that I just... I was getting sick of getting asked all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just do this. I think that's some really great advice. So what types of um, things do you think people that are, and I mean, I know I've certainly been here, I was in the corporate world for a long time and you would have heard the saying, the golden handcuffs, where it's, you know, it's good, Mm -hmm. the going's good and you've got nothing really to complain about, which is certainly where I was, but I just had this deep desire to be doing more with my life more with myself I knew that I was capable of so much more I wanted to be spending more time with my family having a bigger impact that type of thing so have you got any advice or even a framework because I know that you like frameworks on uh, how someone can transition for dissatisfied to satisfied and owning their own business or starting their own business even yeah what you're talking about there is like the the bee life 
like Ooh, not yes. as in a bee, like a bee with a you know with a stinger, but like on a, a, a from a, exactly from a well, I talk yeah. about you know A B C D, like you know oh. D's life of just like oh my god, I can't handle this. You know, it's that back mm. against the wall moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that back against the wall moment where you're like something has to change. Mm. But B life, that's so dangerous because things can keep going like they are. Yeah, and because it's easy. But I think that you know we've had a crazy year right 2020 has been a year that I don't think any of us saw coming from a mile away and I think that one of the things that has come out this year or I've certainly seen it is people who have been using you know the the their employment as a security blanket it's like oh I can't leave I'm getting a pay I'm getting paid every week Mm -hmm. you know I'm not happy but I can pay the bills I know Mm -hmm. that I'm safe all of yeah. a sudden maybe thinking, oh, maybe my job isn't as safe as what I thought it was. Yeah. So I think that even if, I mean, if you love your job and there are a lot of people that love their jobs, you know, there's a lot of people that need to stay employees because they really like that. My Absolutely. Daughter's, my daughter's yeah, one of everyone. them. Yep. She, she definitely loves having a boss telling her what to do and she's quite open about saying that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you're in a position where you do want to have a little bit more freedom, then I suggest now is a really, really good time to start a side hustle. Yeah. really good time yeah. I'm not in the camp that thinks you should put your back against the wall and just leave mm-hmm. there are a lot of business coaches that say that oh you know if you can't jump all in it won't happen mm-hmm. I think it is such dangerous advice mm-hmm. I've seen people lose houses I've seen all sorts of things go wrong I was chatting to someone last year uh, last week whose business coach had told her to do that she left a $75,000 a year job and now she's getting paid a thousand dollars a month mm, the business coach tough. is like amazing I'm like are you crazy like, you, yeah. you know, yeah. I, just, I don't think that you need to do the, the full jump, you know, unless you, you're set up and, and you know and you've done your projections and, and everything's cool, then, then that's good. But I think that definitely the first thing to do is think, what is it that I would love to be doing? What is it that I would, that I would jump out of bed to do every day and that would keep me passionate forever? Mm-hmm. All right, and I call it the keep principle because that we do want to stay, stay passionate. So like there's, there, there's four areas. Number one is your knowledge. So brainstorm mm-hmm. all the things that all the jobs that you've had, the degrees you've got. You know, this is all the logical stuff. This is all yeah. the stuff that goes on your resume. So, and that's yeah. where most people start and finish this. You know, how do I start a new business? But when you go further, this is where the magic happens. So the second one is expertise, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Like, yeah. what are those things that even the other people in your office that had the same job couldn't do what you did? What, mm-hmm. What's that little extra little bit? Yeah. The the second E in keep is experience. God, I had a mental blank there for a minute. <laughs> experience. So what is it that has happened in your life that gives you empathy in what it is you do? So this is outside of your work. Like maybe you've had uh, an illness or maybe you've, you know, come through a divorce or lost a large amount of weight or, you know, you went from zero to six kids in six years or whatever, whatever. I know, right? But there's people that have done Who that. Who would do something so and, silly? Right? But crazy. they're like super mums. They've got a lot to teach the rest of us, right? <laughs> so what is that experience that you've had that, that can be infused in? And yeah. then the, the fourth piece is passion. Oh, um, and passions can be used in different ways. So passion can be used in this is what I really love to do and this is what I what you know who I want to work with mm-hmm. it could be in that niche that you want to work with that industry it mm-hmm. could be that you want to work in a different industry but only work with those people that have the same passion 
you could use those passions in your visual branding or in your branding, mm-hmm. or you could use your passions in your metaphors or your teaching. Yeah. You know, I use my dance, my passion of dance, a lot in the metaphors that I use. Yeah. I talk about backstage, I talk about front stage, I talk about, you know, all of the things that I talk about. I, I relate back to dance because I know it so intimately and it is something I'm passionate about. Yeah. So once you've got your knowledge, your experience, your, sorry, expertise, experience and passions, you've got them all on a piece of paper, then you start to sort of circle how, how they could work together. Mm. And and you sort of, it, it, you know, it's a bit, little bit like Jenga. It's like, let's pull that bit out and let's put that bit in and let's see how they all fit together mm. until you come up with something that feels really amazing and you look at it and go, oh, my goodness, that's it. That's mm. what I want to be doing. That will have me, that will keep me getting out of bed every single day and that's mm. something I want to keep doing for a really long time. I love that. And, you know, I love a good model. So that's the keep model. So it's like the knowledge, the expertise, the experience and the passion and I think sometimes with passion, it's this tricky thing that we get stuck on that we need mm-hmm. to know, you know, that it's going to, you know, set us, set our soul on fire immediately. But I find with people that I talk to, passion is very much a slow burn or they don't realize what it is. And sometimes even, you know, if you're passionate around not-for-profit work or working um, for charity, sometimes your business can actually then have a greater impact on those types of passion areas as well. Mm. And, oh, yeah, I love that. And I love the knowledge and, and packing up, you know, the, the logical the logical part. This is probably where I ended up starting my business is I was updating my resume for work. I was on mat leave and, you know, I was updating my resume and I was like work experience and I was just like, oh, gosh, there's been no change. <laughs> there's been no change since I've started having children and I'm like what am I doing with my life and I was you know very much like I'm sure you've talked to a lot of um, people that are that have made the transition you know I was like pretty disappointed with myself and I was crying and my my husband my beautiful husband was like oh you know this isn't the end of your story you can yeah. keep going and I was like huh he's right he's 100% right of course I can yeah. keep going if you don't like it just change it it's just and, another chapter uh, you know the next day I did so it is very much one of those things that you're not even though we feel stuck, we're actually not stuck. It's all a matter of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was, I had something I was going to ask you and now I forgot what it was. It'll come back to me. So what do you think is one of the biggest problems that is that we need to be overcoming to actually get started? To get started. Mm-hmm. I, know that, I know that sounds so silly, yeah. but I, I see so many people afraid to make that first step because yeah. they don't have clarity. Mm. So I hear that a lot. I don't have clarity. I don't know what to do. But here's the thing about clarity. It doesn't come first. It's the action that comes first that gives yeah. the clarity. Yeah. So, you know, for some people, it's a mindset thing. For yeah. some people, it's I don't know what to do. So for some people, it's a strategy thing. And yeah. it's not the same in everyone. And we fluctuate between mindset and strategy at different times. Sometimes mm. we're like, oh, the, you know, we're not feeling good about ourselves or you know, recently I had some branding images done and, you know, I've put on a little bit of weight recently and I had this thing in my head like, oh, my goodness, I can't get my images done because I've put some weight on. And then I'm like, oh, hang on, Sam. No one has ever asked you on a sales call how much you weigh. You know, there's this this stuff that goes and on in our head. if they did, then they're not for you, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> please, please don't reach out and prove me wrong. <laughs> but, um, it's still just, a little bit of a sore spot. Just an aside, <laughs> your new photos are absolutely amazing. They're so beautiful. Thank you. They are banging they're good that thank you and you know and so sometimes it's this mind virus as you call it that that gets in the way and then at other times we've totally got it we're totally confident you know we're like i'm doing this 
but we don't know what the next thing is. We don't know what that gap mm. is in our funnel. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's mindset, sometimes it's strategy, and you need to understand that you'll fluctuate between the two. Yeah. But if you don't gold. get going, you don't know who to ask for help. Yes, 100%. I, I'm a huge believer in like momentum to motivation. So when I'm talking to people and they're like, I don't know what to do next, I'm like, I uh, Grant Cardone it. You've heard of Grant Cardone, uh -huh, where he uh -huh. 10Xs. I'm like, just yep. 10X it. Just like go hard, do everything, do all the things. Like, you know, like housework when you get onto a bit of a cleaning uh -huh, spree and then uh -huh. all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is actually not too bad. I'm a huge fan of that as well. So just like go all in, do all of the things and like the momentum will build the motivation to get you and spur you and keep you going in the right direction. And something you just said earlier around clarity. So I know that you talk a lot around overwhelm comes uh -huh. before clarity. Yeah. And I think that that is something tr so true when we're feeling completely overwhelmed. And, you know, who isn't in this day and age when we've uh -huh. got stuff, social media coming at us and work-life balance and all the other things and trying to manage a family in the middle of a pandemic when we haven't ever had to do that before. Exactly. And I think you you are bang on when you're like, when I am now feeling overwhelmed, I'm like, oh, goody, clarity is on its way. <laughs> because God. we all get overwhelmed. And I think that a lot of people get stuck focusing on the overwhelm. And you know where focus goes, energy goes. So with, you know, thinking, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Instead is... And, and I, I coach myself and I actually make mm -hmm. myself laugh now where I go, oh, my God, I'm so overwhelmed. And then I say to myself, okay, so what is it that you need to do next, Sam? And I actually mm -hmm. laugh out loud like, oh, my goodness, seriously, because it's just about you, you've got to move the focus and yeah. ask yourself, well, what do I need to do now? And yep. so it's whatever your version of the question is, what, what is a better question to give you the outcome that you want right now mm. that you're not asking yourself? Mm. And, and asking yourself that question because your subconscious knows. It knows what the answer yeah. to that question is. It might know that. It might not know the how, but yeah. it knows the right question to ask. And once you know the right question, you know, like, well, who do I need to speak to or who's done this before me or, yeah. you know, where do I need to go to find that answer or, you know, what do I need to research to find out if that's the right strategy or whatever the question is, at least then you're moving on, you're creating the next bit of action so mm. then you can go and, and, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do to be able to get it done. Yeah. But we all go through overwhelm. You know, yeah. Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, all, all the people that we look up to because they're amazing, yeah. they all have overwhelm. There's times yeah. where they don't know what to do next, you know. Someone on the weekend said, well, you know, when Richard Branson was born, did he know how to run an airline? Did he know how to run all these multiple companies? No. Yeah. He just did the next thing. Yeah. Um, and that's all any of us can do. Yeah. And I think that's so true is we only see the highlight reel. So we only see the Richard Bransons of the world when they are, you know, internationally known. You don't actually hear much about where they where they first start up until it, you know, gets written in some kind of memoir and even then it's still only the highlight reel as well. So I think, you know, what you're saying there around, you know, ask better questions and you get better answers is is certainly true. So before we wrap up to for today, which has been awesome, what would be your top three tips for people that are like teetering on the edge? of leaving or starting a side leaving work or starting a side hustle or a bit of both what's your top three top three number one is what do you want your life to look like sounds Oof. so counterintuitive it's got nothing to do with business Love but it. until you know what you want your life to look like feel like you know you can't create a business that mm -hmm. supports that and i think a lot of people make the mistake of starting a business first i know i certainly did start mm -hmm. a business first and then create you know, this animal that 
maybe have you working to hours that you don't want to be working or yeah. not earning the income that you want for the life that you want to be living. So you need to get really, really clear on what you want your life to look like. That's number one. Mm -hmm. um, number two would be to definitely surround yourself with the right people, the people yeah. that are talking the talk, walking the walk, um, people that are, you know, like-minded like you, but also who are those people that, that are above you that have achieved it. So there's lots of different people. And just really quickly, just want to veer off a little bit to the side for two seconds. Yeah. You talked before about surrounding yourself with the people that are going to be the cheerleaders. Mm. I'm very much of the belief that you need the cheerleaders and also the people that are going to push your buttons. Ooh, because that's good. Because you need the people that are going to, to call BS on you as well. Because if Love I had it. people that were just going, oh, my God, Sam, you're doing amazing all the time, I wouldn't be where I am now because there, there's not people that, that have said, you know, you can't do that or maybe that's not a good idea or who are you to be doing that or, you know, yeah. is that the best you can do? You actually need those people as well, you know, yeah. or the accountability partners that say, yeah. you said you were going to do that and you've just made excuses all week and you've just pushed papers around. Like, why haven't you done it? Push so we, <laughs> I call it shuffling papers. It's just, I know you know, we're on doing Zoom, BS, BS, <laughs> BS stuff, you know, so it's really important to, to have all these different people in your, in your life. You know, yeah. one of my friends pushed my pumps a real lot a few years ago and, you know, to the point where I was just like, I can't handle being around her anymore. Now she's my absolute best friend, which she always was, but I realized that I'm where I am because of some of the things she said to me. Oh, like she was really calling me out on my BS, you know, yeah. and we were, we caught up last week and she said, you know, you're the most resilient person I've ever met. The amount of times I thought, oh, no, nah, Sam's out. She's, she's given up. She's, she's not going to do it. And she went, and you just kept getting up over and over and over. And every time I'm like, again, she's gotten up again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if it wasn't for her, I, I wouldn't be where I am now. So we need those people that are going to push our buttons. So yeah. yeah, number two, surrounding yourself with the right people. And uh, number three, ooh, what would number three be? God, actually just getting out and doing it. Yeah. It's actually doing it, it. I don't know why it took so long for that to come out of my head, but it's actually what, what can you do today? So it's not, we don't need to launch a $10 million business, $10 million business tomorrow. All mm -hmm. we need to do is just make the next decision, yeah. take the next step. That's all we need to do. And if you only put in, you know, what, make a 1% decision today, but you did a 1% decision or a 1% action every single day for a year, where mm. would you be? Ooh. And I think that a lot of times we think, oh, you know, I'm not there. I'm not doing what that person's doing and we'll hold yeah. ourselves back. You know, I've heard people say before, no, I don't want to run a webinar. So why not? Well, what happens if no one comes? Well, if you don't run the webinar, no one's going to come, right? Mm. But what, what if you That's get one true. person and that one person decides to buy your thing? That's yeah. one more client you've got than yesterday. Yeah. So it's, you know, just taking those action steps, starting at the beginning and understand that you, you know, you have to, you have to crawl before you can run and, yeah. and then that's okay. And that those building blocks that you're putting in while you are crawling are what's mm. going to help you to make decisions down the track. Mm. It is what's going to help you to take your business to where it's got to go. And that, you know, you, you will get there. You know, 10 years ago, I made a decision that I wanted to live by the beach. Did I live by the beach 10 years ago? No, I moved there this year. It took Yay. 10 years of making decisions and living. Every time I moved to a new house, it was getting one step closer, one yep. step closer, one yep. step closer. And because I knew that that's 100% what I wanted to do, the mm. decisions that I made daily in my business were so that I could end up in my dream house by the beach. Yep. So, you know, there if you, you would have asked me 10 years ago, 
would would it be worth making those decisions to live at the beach in 10 years? It'd be like 100%. But yeah. people get caught up and, and think, oh, I've got to do it tomorrow. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. I love that. Someone years ago said to me, uh, don't compare your beginning with someone else's middle and mm. it's always stuck with me that you never, you know, like when they talk about overnight successes taking 10 years to become an overnight success, you only hear about it when it's worth talking about or when mm -hmm. it, you know, when it's being publicised and by then you get pretty comfortable with it. It's these early stages where you just, you just got to go, you just got to do it, do the mm. thing. Uh, so you've got something to help people if they are looking for more information about uh, transitioning from you tell me what absolutely well i've got i've got a free cheat sheet to transition from being employee to empowered entrepreneur Ooh, so it. it's the five tips to position yourself as the standout expert in your niche mm -hmm. so that you've got the credibility to attract the clients that you want to work with and in there i also share the three biggest mistakes that people make that have them from failing or just surviving to Ooh, yes. thriving and you know we've had a crazy year but this and and there's a lot of businesses that have certainly have felt the pinch mm. but there's still the same amount of money in the world it's just a wealth redistribution event there are a lot of businesses that are thriving now and there's a lot of opportunity so to get a copy of that that freebie it just go to samanthariley.global forward slash made for more samanthariley.global forward slash made for more and grab a copy of the cheat sheet Beautiful. And we'll put that link into the show notes as well. So thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast today, Sam. It's been awesome talking all things uh, business with you. And as I mentioned, I love it. I love I love how you are very detailed in uh, in your expertise and around helping people build their business. It's been awesome. Thank you. I am really, really loved hanging out with you here today. Catch you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.